Welcome to the Black Queen's Republic. And today I have my good, good friend, Muluba. Muluba is an HIV activist and a communication specialist. You know, you can always tell the difference when you go into an aid service organization that is that serves black people mm -hmm. specifically and the one that supposedly quote unquote serves everybody. And, you know, we don't need to get into that, but there's a difference in funding. There's a difference in the amount of services. Even when an organization serves predominantly black people, you see the amount of resources available that are, are limited. Absolutely. That's what I noticed when I was working in the field, because I've worked for both predominantly white spaces, aid service organizations, as well as black organizations. And it's very clear that the type of resources that are available are broader when they're serving predominantly white clients. Absolutely. And it's very unfortunate. It, it's it very much is. And even just looking at our leaders, it's like, yes, we have come a long way. But even when you look at that, when people are coming to the table, it was like, almost like the way we talk about BET was started by a white man and just like, Ooh. I guess. Black. So it's like, a, in a lot of, that. in a lot of cases, it was like a white man talking at like the board table to be like, yeah, we should start this organization because black mm -hmm. people need this individual help. Like it mm -hmm. still took us to go through a white person to get us in those doors. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, where are these black leaders and what kind of supports are we giving them? Cause I imagine it's so traumatic to be like the only black executive director when you go to these meetings so where are the black leaders and are they not getting power hungry with these white leaders as well that are helping out their community so I want to see more of that this AIDS service organization in Ontario had um hiring you know at most of these service organizations they have the ones that are not predominantly black they have uh, something like the women's coordinator gay men's health coordinator and the ACB coordinator for African Caribbean Black, you know, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this organization had that job as well, just like several ones. They hired a white person for that role. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Right. I remember that being an issue and like being like, what their motherfucker? I and thought it was like a joke. And their excuse was, oh, like, we didn't get any black people apply for this. It's like, then think I'm about that, bitch. Lot. Reach so out to black still, people then. Please, if you got like black applications for a, a job that, that it was only black people and you didn't want black people, you would just not give anybody the job. That is actually so ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. I know that ED. Oh, and I've talked to him before and done work with him. And every time he would talk, I was wanting to vomit on his toe. Like, <laughs> he is disgusting. Like, uh, how the fuck dare you? And trust me, it caused a lot of fire through the industry. Good. At the time good. when it happened. And you know, sometimes when you hear something on the news, like about a killer or something, and you're in the kitchen, maybe not looking at the TV, yeah. and you're just like, Please don't let him be black. Please don't let the yeah. suspect be black. You just don't yeah. want them to be part of your thing. I literally felt like in that moment, it was like the other EDs are just like white people in the community were like, yeah. Oh, hell mean? no, you did this stuff. <laughs> now we all to take that. Please don't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I am. Um, isn't it? It's always amazing to me that, and this is why black men are similar, but white people constantly surprise me 
I always think, no, this is the height. <laughs> this white people have reached the height. They have they have reached it. It's finished. Yeah. And they're like, no, hold my beer. I'm coming. I'm coming. Don't worry. I'll be back with more. Oh. They managed to just reinvent themselves with the racism. And I think in certain situations and why this moment maybe shocked a lot of us mm -hmm. um, was, I don't know this ED's exact sexual orientation, but okay. in this, yes, okay. So mm -hmm. that in this community, we have a lot of like, to where we even know with the workers with, and with these different programs, sometimes people want to be in their own space. Mm -hmm. So I think in this case, it's like, oh, well, it's not a straight white man. Like he wouldn't hire a straight man for the gay men's coordinator. You know, so it's like, mm -hmm. okay, then obviously you would think about that in your way of mm -hmm. hiring for the African Caribbean black coordinator. So yeah. when you didn't, it's like, really? You really just gonna be outright racist? Out motherfucking I, right, I, I, racist. No, you would oh only a straight person applied for the gay men's job. You would never say that shit. Let me tell you something. If there was a job that a white organization put out. And they had Ngwebele, hmm? or they had Kakoza, or they had Muluba, or they had Odeleke. They would never, they would say, you know what, remove the job. Remove, <laughs> right. the, remove the whole job. I'll find one of my uncles to be an employee here. Why people would not? Please, let's be serious. I, I I'm sick and tired. Like, y'all... Yeah, really be blatantly racist. But the thing that amazes me is you don't want to do it with your chest. Exactly. When you ask about it, you're like, what do you mean? What yeah. Do you mean? I've been in, I, I, I marched. I marched with the Black Lives. But you're racist. Yeah. And Jane likes her racism up in front. I like my racism nice and honest. Thank mm -hmm. you very much. <laughs> if you want to be racist, give it to me 100% straight <laughs> to my face. Mm -hmm. I can't stand you fake ass bitches. If you want to be racist, just be racist. Don't come and say, oh, no one applied for the job. Because I know for a fact, if the blacks had applied for a position in your organization, you would, you would go to Charity Village and be like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. change something and that's where people ask okay so if nobody black applied for it we know there's a lot of black people in windsor living with hiv not living with hiv so you didn't think that was a problem like you didn't focus like oh why didn't anybody just oh we'll just hire the white yeah. person that mm -hmm. fixes it because clearly people don't feel comfortable then coming to your organization yeah. oh. it is just amazing but let's move on before i throw my laptop Okay. <laughs> across this thing. Let's talk about the criminalization of HIV. You know what? We, we have to come back to this because we there isn't enough time to even cover this whole thing. Now, we know that Black people, of course, are the most policed when it comes to their neighborhoods. Mass incarceration is an issue that disproportionately affects Black people. A few years ago, a man by the name of Johnson Aziga from Uganda. He's Canadian, but he's from Uganda. He was diagnosed with HIV in 1996 and infected 11 women, one of which died, I believe. One woman died of HIV because she didn't know he infected her. Aziga is the first 
person in Canada to ever be convicted of first degree murder. And I just want to point out that this article on the CBC says HIV killer ruled dangerous offender. Um, the next article by CTV News it says Canada Johnson Aziga, the first person to convicted of murder in HIV, whatever. Aziga found guilty of first degree murder. And then this article by the Toronto Star says HIV killer ruled dangerous. Wow. So just to give context, let me actually find the exact title. HIV killer declared dangerous offender. That's the article by the uh, Toronto Star. And just for context, so these are the articles that the rest are just like HIV positive man. And I want to point out that in these articles, they don't ever mention the fact that he is Canadian. Wow. That, um, so in Wikipedia, it says he was a Canadian man. Um, who was the first convicted of first-degree murder, HIV-related. However, in all the articles, CBC, CTV News, and the rest, they don't identify him as Canadian. They just say man, or they say Ugandan man. Oh, or they don't say black man. Of yeah. course, because that's too much. Yeah. But they do sure. say Ugandan man. Mm. Now... Year about last year, Aziga was on parole. He said, I don't understand why I have been in jail. Those women, it was their job to protect themselves against HIV. I'm paraphrasing. That was the gist of it. He felt that he told them and that he, at least he claims he told them, and he felt that it wasn't his responsibility to protect them against him. Right. I ran into a doctor and I talked to, to her about this case and she was actually very proud of herself because she's one of the people that championed his going to jail. Back then she was she was actually like, yes, I did that. Mm-hmm. Yes, bitch. I put that bitch in jail. Yes, yes. This is a white doctor, by the way. Context again. Yes. Yeah. Now... There are a lot of things. <laughs> there are a lot of questions I have. Yeah. First of all, tell our listeners, what is HIV criminalization? HIV criminalization is charging someone, convicting someone of transmitting HIV mm-hmm. or having sex with someone and putting them at risk to get HIV, even if there's no transmission. Mm-hmm. So in that case, like you said, back then it was considered attempted murder. And then if the person died, which was very rare, they would call that murder. Also, when we think of murder, remember, we always think about the intent. That's yes. why some people go to jail. First degree murder. murder is intent, yes. Right, is intent, but second degree is like it wasn't planned, but mm-hmm. it's still there. But that's where you have manslaughter, like accidentally. And even for mm-hmm. HIV, there wasn't that consideration of manslaughter. Did the person know they're positive? It was just, mm-hmm. they're a monster. Just, yes. So yes. that's what HIV criminalization is. And we're still seeing it up to this day. And we're still following the same laws that were created in 1980. Yeah. And things aren't updated. So what it looks like now is as courts are getting updated, and I'll speak for Ontario, is the person living with HIV 
has to, there has to be a condom involved and they have to be undetectable to not be charged for at risk. This is no transmission, infection, anything. This is just, you put somebody at risk. There's a lot of people that are in jail or were charged just because you put somebody at risk of it. It didn't transmit mm -hmm. and you could show that they're undetectable. So this person would have to prove that at the time they had sexual intercourse, they were undetectable. So let me give you a scenario. Mary has sex with Thomas. Thomas walks into Mary's bedroom and goes, Mary, why are you taking Truvada? Uh, Thomas goes on Google and searches Truvada and finds out, oh, Truvada is an HIV medication. Thomas then walks into the Durham police and he goes, I want to charge her. Now, at the time, in order for Mary not to be charged with any crime, Mary would have to prove that at the time they had sex, she was undetectable. She had very little virus in her blood at the time they had sex. So in that case, it's two things. Okay. It's either... And just even being undetectable is technically not enough. You have to prove that you were undetectable at the time mm -hmm. and you told Thomas before the sexual act that you were living with HIV so he knew if he was taking that risk. Or if you don't want to tell them and you're just having your sex, you had to be undetectable and a condom had to be used. So Mary used a condom. Mary used a condom at the time of sex. Okay. Sex, yes. Okay, then... Yeah, you would then have to Mary prove is it. Good. But Mary would have to prove that at the time, on June 30th, right. when I had sex with, with Thomas, I was undetectable. Meaning, Mary would have to be a woman that has access to healthcare, right. has access to a, an HIV specialist who does regular blood work. Correct. Correct. And Mary would have to have a probably a good lawyer, probably have a fair justice system. Mm, I mean, mm, 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 <laughs> are they going to hold you? Do you get there? Mm, Do you see where we're going with this? Right. Exactly. All right, All right guys. So really and truly. <laughs> it's, it's not. And I want to make it clear my stance on it. If somebody is knowingly trying to infect somebody, if I'm trying, I'm not taking my medication. I'm like, I'm going to die and I'm going to take some people with me mm -hmm. and I sleep with all these guys. Mm -hmm. I get it. Throw the book at me. I yeah. get it. That's it. That's intent. That's straight up. There's a case in England, and you, I think just search like HIV criminalization England, mm -hmm. where the guy there's literally text messages to this white guy to like all his other lovers, what white gay men, mm -hmm. and saying like, "Haha, I gave you HIV. Now you're gonna die too." All of that, like psychopathic shit. That it's like if, mm -hmm. if this person didn't have HIV, they probably would have got gotten a gun and ran to like the mall. Like it's like yeah. whatever it was, they were going to like try to kill people. So I'm like, yes, of course. In that case, is like it should be. There's you know sexual predators that are just raping women and. Getting giving them HIV and then try to disappear again. So of mm -hmm. course we have situations where like, okay, we understand the charge. The things are that it's getting mixed up. Like they're all being lumped into one. First of all, it got tied to back in the eighties, HIV disclosure and all that got tied to um, assault. 
So it would be, um, never mind, like the murder charges, people would get charged for assault, just putting somebody at risk. And I say that in quotations for HIV. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they would actually, especially with black men, they would charge them for um, aggregated assault and they would charge them for assault with a deadly weapon. And the lawyers mm -hmm. would ask- The deadly weapon being the HIV. Uh, be, well, uh, the deadly weapon being your body, being the black penis. Story to All right. Okay. Yes. Okay, yeah. Okay. But basically, like that's the weapon. Like it's mm -hmm. a physical thing. Mm -hmm. So, giving a case in Montreal, a woman got raped by a man. She went to the police about him, charged him, and then he turned around and said, "She never told me she's HIV positive." Oh my god! So he charged her, and I think he got something about like probation or whatever, and she actually went to prison. <gasps> I swear to God. So I'm like, that's why survivors don't even come forward. And I'm like, if he was assaulting and raping her, I'm sorry, am I going to tell her, oh, I have HIV? What the fuck? What the fuck? And so that's where I'm like, okay, even making this a, like an assault thing doesn't tie together. It's not the same. And you're putting this HIV no. thing in the same category as rape. And it really messes us up now when we're mm -hmm. doing these false little cases of mm -hmm. at risk i'm sorry but i don't think without transmission we really need to be bringing this into the courthouses unless we're seeing this person is repeatedly doing it and especially mm -hmm. is not undetectable and we think they need help but i have had friends that have had ex-girlfriends be malicious and then turn around and the ex-girlfriends will tell their parents or, or go to the police and say, he never told me about his HIV and I've had mm -hmm. sex many times. Meanwhile, this guy has told her before and there's been no proof. So I grew up seeing that. And so I was mm -hmm. like, okay, when I start having sex, these men are going to have to sign a document. Oh, yeah, I yeah. I mean, and then I remember I was talking to my lawyer friend that was like, if you know the cops feel really racist that day, they can say, you made him sign the document under duress. Like I pointed a gun to his dick and said, sign it before. Yes. So he was even like, I would suggest you even record it. What I have done for clients in the past, when I was working in the sector, mm -hmm. I drew up a document and I bring the guy in. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, has she made you aware of the, her HIV status? And they have to sign. And she has to take the same form to her HIV specialist. And it would have to be like, you were, you came with her for blood work. And you know that mm -hmm. the blood work is to see how her HIV is doing. Like, But it's like, let's talk about like what dating is and relationships are in this day and age. Imagine you want to have a one night stand, right? You want to you want to have fun at night, you know? It's, it's you're out at, you know, Oasis club and whatever. And you look at you see a guy. Mm -hmm. You like him. You see Thomas and Thomas is looking he, he looks great. Yeah. Are you and supposed to now bring out seven pages of a, exactly. a non-disclosure and be like, hey, yeah. sign, here, sign here, sign here. Like, are we really being realistic about these laws? It's not realistic. And I have, I go to a great clinic and have a great doctor <clears> where <throat> I do have that option of, you know, bring it, especially because, you know, I don't want to educate a grown man on HIV that I'm trying to sleep with. Afterwards, I'm going to wake up, I'm not attracted anymore. You know, not mm -hmm. 
So bringing them into the clinic and they're being able to ask my doctor all these medical questions and all that. And then that is in my doctor's records mm -hmm. forever in my file. So people yes. can go back and she's like, I met this man, da, 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 da. I spoke about him. So he clearly knew it's on record. It's proof. There was witnesses all around the clinic that saw him. But again, <clears throat> that's like for somebody you're trying to be in a long-term relationship for. You're thinking of heck. Exactly. What if one day Maluba's hot and heavy and I'm <laughs> Celebrating, and I'm like, oh, my friend, look at that man. I'm like, exactly. I, I You're supposed to bring out your envelope and say, sign here, sign right. here. Sign and let's here. be honest, I know I'm healthy. Like, I know I've been taking my medication. Mm -hmm. I don't feel no type of way. I know I'm healthy. And keep in mind, I'm 27. So, what if this grown man is 32? Do I really need to be like, oh, well, you see, I have this, and I just need you to approve? What about you? What about this? Like, I should be able to make those choices where I know I'm healthy and I, I, I obviously don't want to affect my partners in that way, but mm -hmm. they also need to take control of their health and not just assume that, oh, this is just a nice, fresh girl with yes. a, a hole for me to stick in and everything yes. is fine. And that's what I'm trying to get at is at what point is it your responsibility to get tested if you are involving yourself in quote-unquote at-risk behavior mm -hmm. isn't it then your job to to make sure that you're covered Absolutely. why does the responsibility change to be that of people living with hiv absolutely and you need to take control in your health like my doctor has been very honest with me that if you're in a relationship a committed relationship yes people decide at some point you know let's stop the condoms let's get on birth control you both mm -hmm. get to but if you're going to have an escapade, she said, yes, I do recommend you still use condoms because yes, Maluba, you have HIV, but you don't know what your partner would have and you don't know the risk of pregnancy as well. Um, there was a time that I was on birth control. So she's like, okay, we got the HIV under control and no babies, but there still is stuff like syphilis and gonorrhea that is mm. still very much dangerous out there and you need to take control of of preventing those and that was mm -hmm. on me it's not like necessarily the people are going to know that they have it or ask but that's another thing where it's like you can't ask each other have you been tested like all of that you can decide to use protection but it's both it's on both of you to know yeah, the oh, oh definitely like, I'm definitely like, I'm not, I'm not just here living with HIV and I'm like, I'm fine and all that. I'm still at risk for so many things. And because I live with HIV, I have a little bit of a lower immune system. Mm -hmm. so these things might even affect me even more. So I still need to be careful in this that I'm like, oh, I'm at HIV, but I'm undetectable. Boom, boom, mm -hmm. bam. And then watch Mooba be pregnant and have to deal with syphilis as well. I still have to think about that. And so I think, yes, people have to think about that opposite as well. I'm somebody that's public, so it is pretty known right off the bat but we're grown we yeah. need to be able to manage this all of us and i hate to come back to this but in terms of criminalization it always comes back to the racism yes that's where i wanted to it point always out and circles I knew. back to the racism so yeah. and that's where i wanted to point out to you all that you're like okay because you might be like but maybe it is worth it like there's these risky cases so in these cases where it's like oh you put the person at risk even though you didn't give them hiv and you're undetectable you still put them at risk you deserve to go in jail you will find in several of those cases it is a black man sometimes mm -hmm. a black woman racism is at the heart of it because we over sexualize black men and women 
-hmm. You know, you think that these black men are just like these sexual creatures who push the woman down and, and don't let it be a black man with a white woman. Def they definitely are oh no that child. is what aziga was doing and he, that's oh, why he got it was in, white yeah. woman. Oh, it was yeah. a white woman who died yeah yeah because you know black women they're like ah, you know, know they wouldn't give I, a yeah, that, shit that, just fine. a black woman they would, they would be like all right well those yeah. blacks die anyways they and weren't you gonna get it anyways, anyways. <laughs> yes <laughs> they'd be like bitch you can die we don't give a fuck they will send you on your way bye of course that's what the case was first of all i want to say fuck you to the toronto star for that headline yeah and also I've, let me not say it okay fuck you to cbc that's a disgusting headline but please still offer me a job if you if you have yes i mean it was a long time ago they said that headline but hopefully but still like sure we have guys, yeah what do you oh yeah for that of course killer. there's no like, way they could yeah, for that. i know there's no reason to call anybody an HIV anything. He's, he's, and he's And he's not a killer, okay? Right. Now, with Aziga, coming back to what his statement was, there's, like, the part where I agree is he's, like, it's responsible, like, for them to take control of their health as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yes, but I do wonder... He did wrong, but is he a killer? He did wrong where I'm like, did you even disclose to them? And obviously he wasn't on some sort of treatment if it did actually transmit to these women and i think yeah. that's where i have the tough thing i'm like oh shit like a woman actually died from this and all that he doesn't sound remorseful and that's okay. wrong yeah i agree reading the case for what it is okay mm -hmm. first degree murder implies that it was premeditated yeah and he woke up one morning and said okay today I'm going to affect Karen and Stacy and Molly and Mandy and all whatever. It doesn't sound to me, it doesn't seem to me like that's the case. Because then, if, if that's first-degree murder, then what's first-degree murder? Right. No, what I don't even think any murder charge, even third-degree, second, I don't think any murder charge um, did suffice for this. Yes. And really, I mean, what I wanted, I'm a part of an HIV criminalization group. We want an actual specific HIV law because it shouldn't mm. be tied to assault because now this is affecting sexual assault survivors. Um, mm -hmm. Just to let you know, uh, like four years ago, I was sexually assaulted, still going through the case stuff right now. And that is that balance of like, I remember like I, when I started doing the pretrial or the defense attorney brought up my HIV. I was like, that had nothing to do with anything. So there is that, like mm -hmm. the fact that it's tied together is messed up. So I want a whole like HIV law on mm -hmm. it. I agree. That has to be separate because you can't tie this. And to what murder. would the HIV law look like? Do you think? For me, let's not kid ourselves with saying a condom has to because how are we going to prove that a condom i know people that put condoms in their freezer women that put condoms in their freezer so they can prove they used a condom with this man and oh i'm like that goodness. is so sad but you need that proof like yeah proof i told you proof i used a condom all that so I'm like, yeah. listen, if people don't want to use a condom, that's a choice, especially if you're undetectable. If somebody mm -hmm. talks to somebody about, yes, I have HIV, but I'm undetectable, mm -hmm. they also have to take that initiative to either believe the person for that or be like, prove to me you're undetectable. Yeah. Like we need to. So in my HIV law, it's not the, oh, you have to use a condom and be undetectable. It's one or the other. 
for me. Mm. I wouldn't put so much strictness on at risk because mm. we know in a lot of these circumstances, I just think the courts are all backed up. But I'm like, what really is at risk? Does he have a high viral load? Was he doing this to a lot of people? We need to look at those standards where, you know, I'm sure a lot about- of white people get a lo- get a- away with this, but literally they see like the picture of the guy, and if it's a black man, it's like, yep. Yeah, Guys, if you if you Google Johnson Aziga, which is A Z I G A, the picture is disgusting. Like they, it, it's literally like a monstrous picture, and it's like. Yeah to still continue this narrative that black people are criminals but especially black men to criminalize black men and and continue this narrative that hiv is a black disease right even though right under the highest infection being black women it is gay men right gay men and and but you never hear about that because we have to keep the narrative that aids is a black disease and it only affects there's an idea that it only affects the, those Africans or maybe some of the Asians, but it's it's a black disease. Exactly. And this, like, first again with 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 us, like, circling back to the issue of like mass incarceration and continuing even when we're discussing this illness is it's fascinating to me. I know there was a guy called uh, Senyonga. He died again, another Ugandan. He was charged, I believe, in British Columbia. I think it was British Columbia or Alberta. Unfortunately, Senyonga died before his trial, but he was also being charged with a second degree murder at the mm-hmm. time of this particular case of Johnson. And we need to start having conversations as well around the information that you're telling me. Like, much as it's there and, it, and it's, I know the information, but is this information accessible to the common person? I mean, keep in mind, you and I are, you've worked, exactly, you've worked in the community, Mm -hmm. I've worked in the community, so yes, we're accessible to this information, Mm -hmm. and hear it all the time, and have been in rooms of this information, Mm -hmm. but is this something the common person knows, and is it something where, you know, sometimes we also have to think about, is it just ignorance? But mm-hmm. is it also like some of these people are malicious exes that yeah. come back and say, now I'm going to charge you for this. And what does yeah. that look like? And But yes, like that information needs to be out there. And just to give you guys like some resources, look at uh, Search Katie, which is C. A-T-I-E mm-hmm. uh, can't pass it on they have videos of couples where one person is living with HIV and one person is not and mm-hmm. it really like shows to give those human resources that you can um, see that these are people that are living full lives having full sex, lives. having relationships <laughs> and the person is still negative and this is how it's possible um, mm-hmm. and really just go down that rabbit hole I do think in a lot of situations for everything just even not even related to HIV but also with HIV it's like mm-hmm. it's not a problem until it's a problem so I don't need to know this stuff and all that mm-hmm. because I don't plan to date anybody with HIV I don't plan on getting HIV so I'm not going Going yes. to. So, but I'm hoping some of you are, you know, willing to learn and yeah. willing to, because I also want you to know, like, I, I don't want you to be scared of somebody living with HIV and to have sex with them. Um, but I do want you to protect yourself and mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, and respect and that you, person. And you can. You can have sex with somebody living with HIV. You, you can, can have good sex with them. Yes. Like, it's nothing right. to be terrified of it is possible now keeping up on this topic of criminalization there is something called prep can you talk a little bit about that yes absolutely and this is uh it's more prevention wise so i'll talk about both prep and pep so prep mm-hmm. is prophylactic Pro prolaxis exposure. I don't know how to pronounce it. Y'all just search up prep, okay? Uh, Muba went to school, but uh, I have a lisp as well. Um, uh, yes, uh, yes. So prep, prep is. Uh, I like to say just to get, give it easy for you guys. The birth control for HIV. So if somebody is at risk for HIV, and when we say at risk. Do you think you're having sex with someone who is living with HIV and maybe isn't um, undetectable or taking care of them, like their numbers, you know, always go up and down and stuff? Uh, so, but you're in a relationship with them, or are you somebody that is highly sexually active? You know, day of does do the bathhouses, does do sex work, no judgment, but that could put you at risk. Or somebody that feels like they're in a bad relationship, that, or somebody who is a drug user and does know that they they have used dirty needles and just want that protection. So prep is a pill. It's usually Truvada. There is another pill as well that you would take once a day to. Mm-hmm stop your body it almost like closes it off to hiv so it prevents hiv and you would take Mm -hmm. the one pill um for as long as you want like similar to birth control where you know Mm -hmm. stop it if it's messing with you or stop it if you're want to get pregnant that's really Mm -hmm. uh with prep and i believe you have to take it 24 hours before your first possible exposure to HIV mm-hmm. so you can't just take get it from the pharmacy two hours and then walk to the bathhouse mm-hmm. but 24 <laughs> hours yeah but 24 hours before and you do keep on taking it ongoing so that your body does get used to it you don't get resistant to it and then pep I like to say is like the morning after pill slash plan B for HIV. So if you feel that you have been exposed to HIV or possibly could have been exposed to HIV, mm-hmm. and that can be in cases of a sexual assault, that can be in cases of uh, some sort of physical assault where you feel like mm-hmm. somebody cut themselves and somehow it got mixed with your blood. Any uh, type of case, if you feel like you've been exposed within 72 hours, you must go to the emergency room. So you could only get PEP at emergency rooms. You Mm -hmm. must go to the emergency room. They will assess you. Some emergency rooms will be realistic with you after you tell them what you think the exposure was. And they'll be like, Mm -hmm. I really don't think that you're at risk. Some will give it to you to calm you down. And some will just say, oh, yes, yeah, you're at risk because you got a paper cut next to somebody. And we'll actually give you... PEP is very expensive. It's about like $400. Um, Yeah. You take like one pill, um, like right at the emergency room and then one pill like hours later. It makes you sick, like similar to plan B, but it does stop the virus from replicating in your body. It is quite expensive. And that's why I did mention like some doctors will actually tell you like if you really are at risk for that or. And so just to be clear. Yes. PEP and PrEP both do not cure you of HIV and AIDS. If you no, these are preve- these are prevention methods. Okay. These okay. are prevention. And just, yeah, to go off of PEP, yeah, there hasn't been 
I haven't heard of insurance companies covering it, but I guess after you would get it, maybe if you get a receipt and try to claim it uh-huh. to them, I don't know how that works. Prep, some insurance companies uh, are covering it. Like if you work f- full time in a place, um, there are still like government assistance that's more so becoming uh, some wiggle room where we're trying to get coverage on that. It's not 100%. Mm-hmm. Pep, yeah, it's really hard. It's expensive. So if you do go to emergency room, I had, I knew somebody who went there because they thought the guy didn't use a condom and all that. Mm-hmm. And it like just put it in a little bit without mm-hmm. the condom. And oh, they gosh, went to the, yeah. emer- I know. And they went to the emergency room and the doctor did say like, because it wasn't full penetration, there wasn't that that thing. I I really don't think that I wouldn't go to the doctors. I I, I would have gone and be like, he everything, everything, <laughs> everything, he puts everything. But well, that and then that's where the doctor said he's like, if you, if you want me to give it to you, of course I will. But I'm being realistic with you that I don't think you have to spend the four hundred dollars. This is true. And yes, yeah. So it was a realistic doctor that at least wasn't trying to scare him. And yes. the person that I know, yeah, of course, turned out being negative. Yeah. Um. But that and that's what I'm saying. Sometimes you got to watch out because if you go and you're like i cut myself and they're like oh yeah she you must have hiv let's do a test i'm like girl they just want their money because then they want to get a new car tomorrow okay yeah (laughs) but yeah that that kind of goes into um some of the myths and stuff Mm. uh just uh accessing these PEP and PrEP and accessing HIV testing, everybody should be tested at least once a year. Mm. But talking about myths, just so you guys know, if the person is undetectable, no, you can't get HIV through vaginal, anal sex, oral sex. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't get HIV from like licking somebody's body. It's not through the sweat glands. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't get HIV from kissing or making mm-hmm. out. You would be like... Not Ting. even if someone spit in your mouth. I know somebody not else they, those things. Oh, yeah. Not even if somebody spits in your mouth. That's like, a, yeah, even a little bit, but like just like making out and taking gallons of their spit. No, mm-hmm. it's not going to go uh, spitting in your eye. Any type of spitting. Yeah. It's, just, it's disgusting. And so it's go ahead and do and, all this. And if somebody spits on me, they're getting my hands right away. Like I'm, I'm like that is kill them. That Guys, is. I'm dis- sorry. I'm, I'm really. Most- uh, um, I'm encouraging if somebody <laughs> spits, kill them. Yeah, they don't deserve life. That is a disrespectful thing in general. Kill them. But no, you can't. If somebody living with HIV spits on you, it's not. It's not any different. From somebody spitting on you in general. So you could still yes. hit them, still, you know, punch you can, them out. No, no, no. That's, if that's anybody, so disrespectful. Yes. No, no, no. If anybody, if, if anybody. anybody spits on you, kill them. Yeah. That's my That's sense. not related to HIV. Literally, Save I'm just like, bitch. Yeah. And that's not so spitting. Um, you can't get it from sharing a plate with somebody living <clears throat> with HIV, from touching something they touched, a mm-hmm. damn paper cut. Um, mm-hmm. And if somebody living with HIV cuts themselves and blood say, like goes on the table, but you don't have any cuts and you haven't touched the blood. It's yes. not, first of all, just blood on a table. Of course, you should clean it with like gloves on or like with a wipe. That's like any blood. But um, but yeah. the, actually HIV needs to like live in a body, it needs to live in a human resource. Mm-hmm. So when they talk about blood contact, that's what they talk about with needles because mm-hmm. you're pulling the blood in to like this ev- ev- evacuated instrument or if two people yes. cut themselves and like rub their cuts together which mm-hmm. you know rarely happens but if i were to cut myself in the hiv and, and my blood gets on the table the hiv actually dies in the air 
because mm. it, can't, it can't just survive in there. So if I don't, you know, call a damn emergency crew and all that, if I just do a little cut on me, just clean it up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I remember I was doing a chef's cooking thing for HIV positive chefs. And I remember a news crew came in and asked the main guy who was training us and said, if somebody cuts themselves, you have to call an, an ambulance. He's like, no, we just like throw it up. Throw, yeah. He was like, we, we do it like anybody else. We throw up the food. They were oh, like God. chopping under, clean up the <laughs> clean up the material. Like he was like, okay, and get back to it. He was like, what do you mean? Right. It's not a huge yeah, thing like that. Yeah, and, and also I want to say HIV cannot be transmitted through witchcraft. So that auntie that hates you in your village, she cannot go to the witch doctor and say, I want Muluba to get HIV. It's impossible. You have to actually either have sex with people who are not undetectable. And by sex, I mean like unprotected sex in a situation where they had virus in their body. Either that or blood transfusion. Which doesn't happen anymore. Okay, so see, blood transfusion doesn't happen anymore. I did not know that. No. So that's good to know. And then there is also intravenous drug use, or as some people say, uh, fluids, okay? So no, your auntie cannot go to the witch doctor and ask that you get HIV. It is not Mm -hmm. a thing. It's not possible. So yes, it's sexual activity which involves the fluids anal fluids uh or they i think they call it rectal fluids breast Mm -hmm. milk vaginal fluids and then they say uh breastfeeding can be one if you're looking at a child intravenous drug use can be one Mm -hmm. and there are cases and i don't want to forget about the people that say i don't know how i got it and that could be from an assault that happened Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that can be from something that happened in their home country that maybe uh, some messed up blood transfusion did happen Mm -hmm. um the reason why i'm saying is because there was a big blood like lawsuit and ban when they did realize they weren't testing the bloods when hiv did come out and a lot of people got infected so now obviously people living with hiv can't donate um they can't you know even donate oh i want to donate to another person living with hiv no you just no. don't donate blood okay. you can't donate blood at all and okay. they do test all the blood so even if somebody not living with hiv have never lived with hiv before this blood gets secured and gets stored to possibly go to somebody else it mm-hmm. is actually still tested for hiv mm-hmm. and other viruses or other things because it's like when you're giving somebody blood transfusion you're trying to give them strength so we don't want so it doesn't happen in canada anymore but a blood transfusion is a way that hiv can be yes and you will find a lot of people now that are like are adults or like in their 60s that did get it from blood transfusions Mm -hmm. back in the day okay so we've, I think we've taken care of a, of a lot of myths. My last question to you is, you are a Black woman that is also a professional. And not only that, but you have family and things like that. What do you want people to know about HIV? I would want them to know that HIV... Is definitely not a walk in the park. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that, oh, you know, I'm not the type of person to be like, I'm normal, I'm this. First of all, I feel I'm extraordinary. So I'm like, oh, already. But it can have its down days. It can have its comorbidities. It can have its loss. 
within it. So there is that, but so can other situations Mm -hmm. in life. And I wish that, you know, people would know to resonate with that. Mm -hmm. And I also want people to know how far we've come along with health with HIV and how much it isn't stopping me because of the resources that I've been given that other people should also be given. And I just want them to yeah get educated, not only for their community to share with that, but to get educated for themselves and Mm -hmm. treat their bodies like a temple, no Mm -hmm. matter if it's around HIV or pregnancy or Mm -hmm. all the other STIs. I want them to know about HIV undetectable is a game changer. It's been around forever. HIV medications are really stopping this virus in its tracks. Mm-hmm. And people living with HIV, they're just like people not living with HIV. You will find the assholes. You will find mm-hmm. the, uh, the bad people of it. And you will find great people and sexual people and fun people. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's all that variety. And it doesn't have to be this separation and I hope that about HIV, they, they know that anybody can get it and anybody can have it. Because I don't think people always realize that somebody in your family could have HIV and just mm-hmm. not tell you for years or forever yeah. with that secret. One of your friends could. So, yeah. yeah. A lot. I mean, on that note, <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Now you're going to come back and we're going to cover another topic next week, guys. But we're going to come back and we're going to cover uh, more of this HIV It's a topic that there's so many dimensions. We could do racism and HIV. We could do mass incarceration and HIV. You could do black women and HIV education. Like there's just so many uh, sectors. So thank you for coming and really just uh, educating me, first of all, and also our listeners on the complexities of it all. And we'll be back. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me and Mm -hmm. listeners. Thank you for listening. Again, check out some of those resources I told you about. And you could also message. Yes, put them in the description. And you could also message me and reach out if you do need direct resources. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm supporting all of you, whether you're living with HIV or not. Mm -hmm. And please make sure to follow me on all social media platforms at It's Maluba, I-T-S-M-U-L-U-B-A. Yes, and check out her podcast, The Maluba Show. Oh, she yes. She's on uh, Spotify. She's on Apple. She's on. Are you on Deezer? I don't know about what Deezer is, but I'm okay, on but- podcast. I'm on Amazon podcast. Yeah. I need to get on Deezer, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll work on that. Um, but yes, no, check out Maluba's podcast. You can actually find me on there. I, uh, I was yes. on an episode, but she has a lot of really great guests. And Maluba interviews everybody. You can come here for all your black women stuff. And, you know, sometimes I talk to men as well, you know. But um, typically it is a black woman podcast. You can go to Maluba for everybody. Maluba talks to everyone. <laughs> she she talks to everybody. She <laughs> she wants to get the things from yes. everyone. So that's where I go to when I'm looking for information that has to do with the rest of the world. <laughs> when I need yes, to go yes. out and get out of my yes. blackity black <laughs> world, Maluba is always there with the information. So please. Go support her. She told you her social media and reach out to her. She has a lot of really good information. And we will see you guys next week. See you soon. Bye. Stay black.